Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we cover all those amazing reality show programs that were robbed and only have one season. Today we are going to be finishing our series, Kel on Earth, by discussing episode 8, 8, Sunny Days. I'm Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. Sunny Days. Sunny Days. For the final episode. For the final episode. I do think since we don't have um, any real house cleaning, because we just did it an hour ago. Yeah. Um, that we should tell everybody, at least from my end, um, things are probably going to continue to be super, super sporadic. Because I am taking um, a class that is every Monday night from 6.30 to 9 until the end of December, which is a lot of times when we would record. Yeah. Um, and then that only leaves us like Meredith's husband's off on the weekends. And so at best, we'll probably be able to record twice a month. Yeah. Um, hopefully. I um, think every other week should be the goal. Every, and that is the goal. But yeah. like, don't be disappointed, guys, if it doesn't happen. It will be sporadic. My class ends the end of December. Um, if I decide to stick with it, um, I'll probably have like a month before a new semester starts. So yeah. Um, don't let my husband's free Saturdays fool you. I'm, <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> I can record. Um, and I also feel like we should discuss Kel on earth as a whole when we're done. Oh, for bit. sure. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, and I have a final runway rundown. Let's hear it. So I tried very hard to think about who would make a really good final runway rundown and it was really hard because we've gone through all the major power players so i tried to go through and find someone who is entertaining like mallory the girl who got arrested or alario or um i even looked for lucian the skater boy not not so much luck there and there was really nothing good about anybody um alano and alario are both like D-list actors who've had like small parts and like very random stuff. Mallory has a LinkedIn page, but the last job listed is the one that she <laughs> stole the jewelry from. Whoopsie. Yeah. Um, who else did I try? I tried somebody else too. And there, there wasn't anything great. So I went back and our final runway rundown will be on Stephanie Voorhees. Okay. Employee of the series, <laughs> Stephanie Voorhees. Um, and it's actually, I think it's a good note to end on. So Stephanie is from Winnetka, Illinois. She graduated from the University of Connecticut in 2008 with a degree in business administration. Okay. So after leaving People's Revolution, you know, in glorious, overwhelmed fashion, she got her real estate license in New York. And she went to the new um, NYU Institute of Real Estate from 2010 to 2011. So she was a sales associate at a property management company and then a real estate analyst at another company. <laughs> she, on her LinkedIn, it says that she was the founder and editor-in-chief of CrushNewYork.com. Okay. So it is still active. It is the Insider's Guide to Navigating Manhattan, according to its tagline. All right. It is a Tumblr page <laughs> <laughs> with nothing but Stephanie's relevant Instagram posts, which were basically various meal experiences in New York. And the last entry was October 2015. <laughs> Well, alrighty then. But she's still keeping up that, that URL, that domain. 
So it's mostly food and it's, it's pretty much in like 95% Instagram photos. Like there's not even content. So I'm not sure what she was editor of. Um, I mean, I guess if she puts up the photos. I, the funny, I just can't believe she's still paying for that. Or keep the domain and take the site down. It's just strange. How much does it cost to run a, to have a website? Well, oddly enough, I still have mine. Um, I mean, it's like 100 to 200 bucks a year just oh. to keep it. So I probably shouldn't keep mine, but now I don't want to give it away. Um, so she also worked at a real estate company called Nest for three years. And now Miss Voorhees, who they thought was incompetent, has had her comeuppance, much like Andrew Serrano. She is the director of broker relations for Zillow. Wow. In San Francisco. Whoa. Knocking him down. Good for her. She looks great. She's dating a guy who works in finance, stalked her Facebook page. They've been together for about two years. He's a very conservative looking fellow anyway. He kind of looks like he could be a member of the Trump family, but. I could see her with that. Yeah. She looks great though. Tall, blonde, thin, lots of photos of them at weddings, and director of broker relations for Zillow. Good for her. Right? Fashion PR wasn't for her, but she she found some relations that suited her just fine. Yes, she did. So there you go. All right, I like it. It's a good one to end on. Her and Serrano. Who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> who would have guessed? At least she didn't ruin her face. No, she... I'll show you a photo. She looks really good. So we open the episode, and yet again, Kelly is bitching about contracts and being paid by coolster fucking hipster brands, and how they're not paying, and one of their clients is going out of business. So clearly, they're not going to get paid for work that was already done. Yeah. And they talk about Deborah. I'm not sure who Deborah was. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. So then Kelly talks about how she wants to work with Lifesavers. And she wants to get Lifesavers into a fashion show. And they're going to do Lifesaver headbands and Lifesaver bracelets. And Michelle says, wouldn't it melt, though? <laughs> it's a really profound conversation they're having. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh... Also, work for Lifesavers in a different way, like you do with a different company later in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see Andrew and Skinner in the kitchen, and there's a box of pound cake mix, and they're talking about how they should make it. And Skinner informs Andrew that they actually have baked in there before, that they made cupcakes once for Kelly's birthday. And then, of course, the episode becomes about Kelly's upcoming birthday... Slash giant advertisement for the Carlisle Hotel. Yes. And how they want to throw her a surprise party at the Carlisle Hotel, which I've been to and is lovely. It's very pretty. Have you had a drink at their bar? I have not. So I actually love a New York hotel bar because they just have so many cool hotels in a way that DC doesn't. And the Carlisle has been my favorite so far. It's, you know, if you want to go pay like $22 for a drink, but just feel kind of luxurious and their free bar snacks are amazing. (laughs) It was really fun. Um, It's the one that has the wallpaper done by the guy who drew Madeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a really... You should go next time you're in New York. You would like it. Um, So they want to throw Kelly a surprise party at the Carlisle. And they talk about how hard it is to keep things from her. And if she finds out, she'll rape us. Nice. Um, And Andrew says he's really good at keeping Kelly distracted. And they're going to get the cake from Rocco's. And Kelly's birthday is November 13th. So we're into November okay. at the very least. So there's a sign in the kitchen that says, it's fashion week, do your dishes, we're all busy. But I think that just hangs there permanently. All the time, yeah. yeah. 
So then Kelly discusses her upcoming project with DKNY. They're going to make a short film about the company's new cozy sweater. And it's actually, we see it later and it's kind of cute. It's very 2009, 2010. It's like a sweater with long sleeves. That's like wrap style that you can wear different ways. Cause they have every model wearing it a different way. And Kelly says that they're going to just have this power girl army and they're going to have them go around New York and it's a big get and it's a lot of work. And then Kelly sings a little song about how she's happy today. There's a lot of singing in this episode. Yeah. She says, I'm so happy today. Wow. I am tired. (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah. She's punch drunk tired. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. I have two problems with this is that one, we are literally watching a commercial about the making of a commercial. Yes. In this episode. Yes. Um, And then two, that Kelly loves to talk about this power bitch army. And I believe she mentions it a couple times. She does. And then is the first one to belittle and lessen these women models into nothing but prettiness. I know. Any guy that comes, aren't they pretty? Aren't they attractive? Aren't they so hot? And I'm like, oh, Kelly. Like, if it was really a power bitch army, they would rip you from limb to limb. Like, yeah. this is gross. Yeah. That's her thing. She uses the word pretty a lot, too. Like, to her daughter and everything. Like, that's clearly a value. Of course. Yeah, 100%. No. And I want to know how she not justifies it in herself, but how, I mean, she must look at it from an outsider because she's not pretty, but she places so much value on pretty. Like it's kind of a weird juxtaposition. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's like longing to be pretty. Cause she wasn't. She no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, she's not a hideous hag beast, but no. she, I mean, she doesn't really wear makeup. You know, she doesn't do anything to make herself look pretty either. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just what she's absorbed from being around models for so long. Like, maybe that's just how people talk to them. Like yeah, maybe. Because they're nothing more than a face. They're a vehicle for someone else's products. I think about that sometimes. Like, at a fashion show, how they're all made to look the same. They're just wearing different outfits. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway. So, then Andrew and Skinner are party planning. And they have to leave the office... To go get a coffee to plan the appetizers. Oh, we forgot my favorite thing is that Kelly was eating, I guess, pretzels. Oh, I didn't see what she ate. And she said that they taste like knives. Oh, yeah. She said the salt tastes like knives. Yeah. What the fuck? How many knives have you eaten, Kelly? I don't know. (laughs) Probably a couple. Yeah. Kelly. (laughs) I also like how at no (laughs) point in this do they discuss who is... I mean, we know who's paying for the parties, Carlisle Hotel and Bravo, but... They never discuss who's paying for this party. No. I mean, and that's a, what, $10,000 a night suite minimum? 3500 Oh, it's $3,500? For midweek. Oh. I looked. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so they leave the office to discuss the appetizers they'll have at the party under the guise of going to get a latte. And I don't understand this office. So they're this collaborative, sort of easy breezy we work all hours of the day kind of thing. And every time they get up to go somewhere, they announce it to the room. You can't go get a cup of coffee, even though you stay there until midnight. What? I don't get it. So then Kelly calls while they're standing at the coffee place, looking at the appetizer list and Andrew like almost poops himself. Wait, you don't get that. They don't just get up and leave. Yeah. Oh, I do. But like, 
It's not like Andrew and Skinner are just going to bounce on work one day and never come back. Well, no, but you're, I mean, because they're underlings, like, they need to, like, if one of my techs just bounced without telling me where they were going, that's fair. They I are, would freak out. They are more junior than I remember because we see them on camera the most. Yeah. But Skinner was, like, scared to leave. And couldn't she just tell Emily, like, I'm going to get a coffee and do this thing for Kelly's party? Kelly wasn't even in the office at the time. Well, I thought they were scared that Kelly was going to call, which she did. I didn't, I didn't get the impression she was scared of Emily. I don't, I don't know. There's something about the vibe, though, that's just odd. And Agreed. Like, I don't understand why if Kelly calls, they can't just say, I stepped out for a coffee. What's up? Like, they're all on their phones 24 hours a day. Well, and she smokes. Or at least she used to smoke. I don't know. Yeah. And she knows they all smoke. So it'd also be like, I'm right out front. I'm smoking. Yeah. They couldn't have walked far for a coffee. You've got to be kidding. They were yeah, like they're downstairs. probably on the corner. Yeah. Anyway, so they pick the appetizers while they're waiting for their coffees. And they say that they're going to have Kelly's nanny pack a bag for her so she can stay in the suite after her surprise party. Which is nice. So then we get some more stuff about DKNY. They're doing two projects, no press, only new media. And Skinner talks about how Kelly is reinventing the wheel of PR. Which is funny because in this episode, it feels like she actually is embracing where we are now. Like when you think this is almost 10 years old. And she made a short film for social media which is totally something that fashion houses do. Whereas in the previous episode in LA, she was at like a karaoke booth going into a mall and seemed very (laughs) out of touch. But she seems to have pulled it together this episode. So then Stephanie and Andrew go taste cake. Okay, this annoyed me so much. Because they paid for the cakes. Andrew got a bill. They ordered the sampler platter. It was not free cake. So for those of you who didn't happen to watch the episode, they pretend to be married to go taste different samples of cake for a wedding cake. Pretend to be engaged. Yeah. And I'm sure that I've been to tastings before. You can schedule a tasting with the bakery if you're going to order a wedding cake. Great. Yeah. But that is not what they then did. They lied about being married, engaged, just to order cake that anyone could have ordered and paid for. I know. None of which were the ones they ordered because they got a strawberry cake. Yeah. I know. It is funny, though. No, it was funny. I mean, it was funny, but it was just kind of like, what the fuck? This is dumb. Um, And the bakery is pretty famous. It's Ferrara Bakery and Cafe. It's down on Grand Street in Soho. But they they really, like, they're into this role play. They're they're sticking with it. Oh, 100%. They say they've been together for seven months, that it's a whirlwind romance. And then Andrew says, who better a faux wife than Stephanie Skinner? And then they have to figure out what to write on the cake. And we find out later what they put on it. And that also isn't a wedding cake. Yeah, they're blank. And not just around, I mean, usually if you go to a tasting, you're getting a multi-tiered, like $1,500 wedding cake. You're not getting like an $80 cake. I I think, whatever. And they would not have strong-armed him into writing on it what was written on it. I know. So then we see Kelly back at the helm of the office prepping for this DKNY shoot. And they're going to be posting it on their Facebook page, which has 65,000 fans. With Wow, talk about a long time ago. I know. Fans. Yeah. So Kelly says anyone who's not in the viral game is not happening. Because now I feel like anything less than 500,000 is nothing. Uh, probably. 
So then Kelly is producing. She's going to have two crews. She's doing model booking. She's scheduling, doing food, all the models. And she also says that they're going to be shooting street style or guerrilla style. I forget which one she says. She doesn't say either. I think she says warrior style. Wait, what does she say? I think I wrote it down. Wild style. Wild style. She says it so many times in this episode. And her answer to that was to hire six foot seven Irish security guards to deal with the New York cops so they don't get arrested. Um, by the way, I just pulled it up and now DKMY has 1.8 million followers on Facebook. Yeah. Wow. So they must have not been on Facebook very long in fall of 2009. 65,000 is not. Hmm. Um, so then randomly we get another ad tossed into this episode and there's a rep in the office from Fashion GPS. What is that? It's just like a software company. Oh, it's it like is? a Yeah, it's a business to business like software made for fashion related things. Oh. And they say the phrase fashion GPS five times in yeah. a minute. So then Kelly burns what she calls soul stones of the seven powers. Oh, real quick first. Did you get the budget? No. I thought at one point she was on the phone and I thought she said $1,500. Oh, I think that was just for one element. It had to be. Yeah. Okay. I was you really couldn't even, confused. You no. couldn't even hire 14 models for... I know. That's why I was like, what is she talking about? No, I think that was just for one part of it. Because she that was when she was talking to Andrew about the catering. Uh-huh. For two meals for 14 people, that may have been $1,500. Oh, yeah, and, maybe. And the crew. Yeah. I think maybe that's what she told Andrew. Um, so then she lights these soul stones on fire. We see Tim, the Irish intern, for a quick, quick yep. minute. He hands Kelly a lighter. Um, and they make everybody sick. And how is the fire alarm not going off? I don't know. She opened the window behind her, maybe? I mean, it looked really smoky in there. I know. I have no idea. And Kelly also talks about how it's good for a leader to be in a good mood. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that is for to laugh, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's always the one in a bad mood. She's always the one pointing at people and yelling at them. Yeah. Muckamel is the one in a good mood, to his credit, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have nothing to lose and all the money in the world, right. I mean, how can you not be in a good mood all the time? Fair. Okay. So then we start this DKNY shoot, wild style, wild style, wild style, mm -hmm. power girl army, power girl army, <laughs> power girl army. And they are in Columbus Circle, shooting without permits. And my question about shooting without permits is, if they had been fined, who would have had to eat that? People's Rev or DKNY? I would think People's Rev, the Me production too. company. Me too. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is I don't get this whole, I don't know how much of their wild style I'm believing because wouldn't they have needed press releases from all the people they were filming around them? Oh. Like when I, I've been, so say I was in Vegas one time and or I've been a couple places where they have signs up say like, we are filming. If you are in, if you enter these premises, you consent to being filmed. Like right. when they were doing some dumb tattoo show when I was there. So I don't, cause I don't think you, cause that's where they blur people usually. Yeah. Um, I don't know because they were also trying to only film the girls. But they, there were still people in the background. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they did have those signs. Kind and of. what about the Bravo cameras? I don't know. Like, how does that work? Like there's a very fine line between we're filming a bunch of models walk across the street to we're filming Kelly Catron walk across the street for Bravo. Like, you know, and it's, I don't know. And I find the whole thing weird because 
So if they were fined and Kelly had to eat that cost, I'm sure it would be somewhat significant. I would think, yeah. And with all this recession talk, all of a sudden she's willing to risk that? I mean, I guess what she was implying was, I think she said at one point that they just tell you to leave. Maybe. But her whole thing was that her great security could talk to them long enough that we can get the filming finished before they get the chance to tell us to leave. Right. Um, So Kelly goes on crowd control mode and yelling at people to move over. And I was just in New York a couple weeks ago. Columbus Circle is... That actually looked like a quiet day. Yeah, I was going to say. It is a madhouse up there. And I found this video online... It was on wallstreetjournal.com, as Kelly promises later, and it came out in December 2009. So they probably filmed it in pretty cold weather. Maybe that's why it wasn't as busy, but it was pretty crowded. And I didn't see anyone's breath. It couldn't have been that cold. Yeah, I know. And Kelly's wearing a trench coat. She's not wearing a parka. And none of the girls were shivering, and models shiver when it's 90 degrees. Well, they are wearing cozy sweaters. (laughs) Can we talk about how cute they look, though? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So they're wearing pretty much all black, and then each model is wearing, I think, I don't want to say different colored. I think some of the colors were repeated. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought they were all different. Really? They had 14 colors of sweater? Oh, maybe not. That does seem like a lot. Yeah. But they're all wearing the sweater a different way. So, like, it's all tied a different way, or some girls have a belt over it, some are wearing a hat, and some aren't, and then their shoes are colored to match the sweater. I thought it was really cute. It was cute. Yeah. Um, Power Bitch Army. So cute. So then Kelly stops by the office, actually, because the DKNY shoot um, did a shot in Soho a couple blocks from the office. And Ava is there. And Kelly talks about how she likes Ava to see her at work. She introduces her to the models and says, they're pretty, right? Again. Again. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. So then she introduces the models to her daughter. She said, this is Ava, and this is her friend Theo. So I've convinced myself that Theo is Kelly Ben Simone's youngest daughter, Teddy, whose name is Thaddeus, but could have been called Theo as a little kid, and was born, I believe, the same year as Ava, in 2000. I like the theory. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say they were private school in Tribeca Friends. I like it. Yep. We're going with it. So Kelly said she likes Ava to see her at work because she wants her to see that fashion is a tribal lifestyle. I I think she's got to let go of some of this weird, like, (laughs) I don't see them being like super spiritual and like helpful and cooperative in this office. That's not what I'm seeing. No, not at all. And yeah, her weird kumbaya fake aesthetic is, I I don't get it. I don't get it. I want her, like, smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee, and, like, yelling at people. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't and, like the softening of Kelly Catrone. No. And then she says, but I also understand that bringing my daughter to work is fun for me and no one else. This is not romper room. Which I appreciate it. Yeah. Good. Own it. So then we're back at the office. They're talking about other clients. And did you hear Robin say, hey, Mike, where are the reports for Monday? No, I didn't. Who's Mike? Is that the Mike from LA? Did he come to the New York office? Yeah. My note says, who's Mike? They're talking about other client stuff and Kelly's party. And now Kelly's party at the Carlisle is getting a little out of hand because they can only have 15 people. And no one RSVP'd. And no one RSVP'd. So someone got a plus three, 
Paolo. Paolo. And then Michelle wants to bring a plus one and they don't know if they can give it to her. And she's upset that someone else got a plus three. And then they're curious about the two interns. And then they all agree. No, no interns. And then they have a perfectly even 15 somehow. And explain to me how, if you're throwing a birthday party for someone and you can only have 15 guests, how are you having four people? She doesn't even know out of 15. I don't know. That's insane. I know. I don't get it. Like, if it's that intimate of a dinner party for someone's birthday, it should just be people that they know. Yeah. Not like, I'm going to bring my three friends that Kelly doesn't they even know. They did say one of Paolo's friends was a friend of Kelly's. Because he was bringing someone named Misha. And they said, oh, Misha is friends with Kelly. I heard that. But that's still that's three still, people. Yeah. I know. And then <laughs> later we find out Michelle is like two hours late again. <laughs> and where was Justine Bateman at this party? Yeah. Why? Her best friend. Yeah. Where was George Wayne? Another good friend. Well, maybe not anymore. Yeah, they had a falling out. So then Kelly and the DKNY shoot are down at the stock exchange trying to get the Power Girl army shot in front of the giant American flag. And the cops, of course, start hassling this production. And Kelly congratulates herself for her own genius for hiring her six foot seven Irish security guard. However, it does work out. He basically distracts the cops down at the stock exchange long enough so they can get the shot and then they're done. Well, apparently they told him it was okay. Yeah, because he was just talking to them. So Irish. So very, very Irish. Yeah, she says Irish a lot too, but I guess he just distracted them for 10 minutes and it was fine. Yeah. So then they decide they're going to go to Washington Square Park for one last shot, but they have to be very careful because they don't want to pay the models overtime, which they say like out loud to their faces, which is fine, I guess, but seems a little... No, that's standard. Yeah. I'm sure models hear that all the time. So Andrew comes back to the office. He says the cake was delivered, but he clearly went to pick it up. Yes. He uses the verb delivered, but he is carrying it and walking with it. So he clearly picked it up. And he goes down to the second floor, which we established last episode, isn't even People's Revolution's floor anymore. And he tries to put the cake in the fridge. Like, full-on breaks into this per- a person's apartment. Yeah. Or space or whatever. Yeah. And he puts this giant cake box in the fridge, and the door won't close. So, first try, he's a little smart, and he takes the insert out of the door of the fridge so that there's more room for the cake box. And he tries again. And the refrigerator door keeps popping open. So then he goes and gets some like blue tape, like painter's tape, Mm -hmm. which isn't even strong, by the way. No, I know. It's Mm -hmm. meant to, it's meant to block paint, not close things. And he tapes the fridge shut and it pops open again. (laughs) And then he says he just needs a little bit of pressure and he starts to try and move this dinner table over, but it looks a little heavy and he gives up on that and he puts a rolling chair in front of it. With something in it. Like there was like a case sitting on it or something. Yeah. And it closes the refrigerator door for one second. And then as he walks away, they have the shot of the fridge popping open. (laughs) (laughs) I just, at that point, wouldn't you like carefully lift it out of the box? Well, and also wouldn't you have squished it at this point? Yeah. I don't know. Like if you're crushing the box, I mean, he has to be crushing the box. If you're crushing the box into the side of the cake. I also, it was nighttime when he picked up the cake. Although, so it's November now, which could have been like 5. Yeah, it could start at like 5 or 30. That's true. But cakes and can the party be... party was at 9.30. Cakes can be left out at room temperature too. Like... 100%. Yeah. 
he's just, he doesn't know that. <laughs> so then we're at Washington Square Park for the final shot of this DKNY video. And Kelly says to a group of strangers, homeless people, lingerers, loiterers, whatever you want to call them, you just came to see pretty girls in the park at night. So, again, so again gross. with it. But that's even more lecherous. No, I thought the most lecherous was when she said it in front of the, the Wall Street guys when the when oh. the gross brokers were coming Ugh. out. It's so gross, though. Yeah, it's like she's their madam. But she doesn't even know them, and like Washington Square Park, like dear God, don't encourage that. I know. Ew. So time is winding down and they have to get the girls back to Midtown as well so that they don't have to pay overtime. So then they get this final shot of them walking under the arch in Washington Square Park and Kelly yells, yay, she's very happy, awesome job. And she says goodbye to the girls and says, you know, thank you and all that stuff and is very nice to them, but at least she doesn't call them pretty one more time. Thank God. Yeah. So then we get a scene with Kelly and Ava that at this point has got to be four months old. It looks like summer. Yes, it's a hundred. It's for sure summer. Yeah. And she is taking Ava to get her haircut and it looks like her back to school haircut. Like, yeah. Kelly gets a blowout. Which she's really bad at. Yeah. Really bad at. She does this horrible thing that I actually haven't even seen an adult do in a salon for a while. That when the person's drying your hair, you move your head with the brush. Like, she was moving her head back instead of resisting against it a little bit, which is oh. making his job a thousand times harder. Oh. It's like that. I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was basically looking at the ceiling. Oh. Um, but while she's doing that, she's also patting herself on the back. Of course. And says, Ava, who takes care of business at home? And Ava says, you do. And she says, who gives the best hugs? And Ava says, you do. Then she says, who's a better cook, me or Nana? And then her daughter is quiet and she finds it funny. And then Kelly talks about how she used to cut Ava's hair, but sometimes she would look like Nico from the Velvet Underground and other times she would look like Betty Page. And so she decided to finally start taking Ava for haircuts. And Ava does look pretty cute. She's cute. She's an adorable little girl. Yeah, she is. So then the DKNY video comes in and they all watch it in the office and decide that it's super cool. And there's a blonde employee at People's Revolution that never gets a name card. And she's at Kelly's party later. And I think she was in last week's episode too. And I swear to God, it's the woman from Agent Provocateur. It could be. I only oh gotta... no, that was the Australian woman. Um, this looks like the woman from... Oh man. Her name was Julia, the blonde with the like braid over her hair. Oh, maybe. You think? Who was that? Who, oh, this is going to bug me. I'm trying to think of what client she worked for. But I mean, they were definitely watching the DKNY footage. I know. But doesn't she look like that woman? I only saw her for a second. Yeah. I don't remember what, it wasn't Agent Provocateur. That was the other woman. Um, it was another client. Damn. I can't find it in my notes. My notes are all over the place for this show. Um, but anyway, she looks a lot like someone they previously worked with. And I wonder if maybe she like signed on to work with them for a while or something. Maybe. It looks like her. Um, so then Andrew takes the cake out of the refrigerator and makes his way up to the Carlisle, which is far on the Upper East Side. Um, and I was a little surprised he was taking the subway. I know. 
I mean, he seems like a car service kind of guy to me, but... It's also, like, clearly someone else is paying for this party. They won't put you in a cab with a cake? And the only thing that made sense to me is if the ca- if the subway would have been faster for, maybe, because of traffic. But maybe. I was still like, that's a little weird. I don't... It's a far way to go, though, and it's not a convenient route to go from Soho to the Upper East Side. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the office is dark and we see Robin trying to distract Kelly and get her uptown to this surprise party, which is hilarious. And now I know why it's so hard to surprise Kelly. She's a huge pain in the ass. They went to some event downtown near the office and they have these gift bags with them, swag bags. And Kelly is so annoyed by having to carry something and they're walking around in heels and Kelly wants to go back to the office to drop the bags off. And Robin can't let her because then Kelly will see that no one's at the office. Kelly looks cute, you guys. She does. She looks really cute. For maybe the first time. Yeah, she looks really cute. <laughs> She's wearing heels and a skirt and this really cool leather jacket. And I don't know that she had makeup on, but she... She did. No, no, no. She for sure had makeup on. Okay. She looks great, though. And Robin is a little dressed up too. They Whatever event they went to, they got gussied up for it and they both look really cute. So then they make their way in a cab up to the Carlisle because- I'm also team Kelly on this because I too hate lugging things anywhere. And yeah. I also would have been like, we are dropping this off at the office. Oh, if We're I- We're a block away. If I had been a block from somewhere, I would have done the same thing. So Robin has made up this cocktail party going on at a suite at the Carlisle. But Kelly's all upset because she just wants to go to dinner. And she says, no, I'm just, you go upstairs. I'm just going to go to the restaurant. I'm going to see the waiter. I'm going to get a table. I go there all the time. I'm just going to make it happen. And Robin's like, no, no, like give it 30 minutes. And then Kelly's like 30 minutes. Oh my God, I'm not doing that. And Robin says, okay, Kelly, 20 minutes. You just come to the suite with me. I don't, I want to know what she told her this event was for. Yeah, me too. Cause Kelly also seems like the kind of person who goes to all the events because she knows it's good for her job and for PR and for press. So for her to be like, I don't even want to go, I don't know, like I want, they needed to come up with a better fake event. I know. So then we get a quick tour of the suite while they're setting up, while Kelly's freaking out in the cab. And it's very nice. It's actually much nicer now when you go to their website. It's been given like an incredible makeover. It's very pretty. Um, so Kelly arrives at the hotel and every- Well, the time, and they timelined- screwed us a lot because they forgot to cover up the clock radio that was sitting next to Robin. Oh. And the first time we see Robin is at 9.40. Oh. The next time we see Robin is at 9.30. Kelly gets out of the cab at 9.34. No way. Yeah, because there was they showed the clock in the cab. Good for you. But I mean, they closed up on the clock in the cab yeah. to make a point that she got there. But so the first picture of Robin... Kelly is either already there or, like, knocking on the door, even though she's still, like, just sitting in the chair. Weird. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Long story short, Kelly walks into the suite, everyone is there to surprise her, and she starts crying. Yeah. It's actually very sweet. I almost started crying when they announced Kelly's birthday and realized that she is a year younger than me in this episode. In this episode? Yeah. Well, this was almost ten years old. I know, but I think she looks like a hag beast. Well, you don't. And she also owns like a multi-million dollar corporation. So I'm like annoyed about it on multiple levels. It's very sweet though. She cries because she says, you know, she doesn't have a lot of people who do things like that for her. And they give her a gift and she notices that it's shoes. And she says, oh good, I won't cry for shoes. And they give her a pair of 
ombre goat hair booties. They're Nicholas Kirkwood. I found them. Mm-hmm. Of course I did. Currently, there is a pair for sale on eBay for $682. Oh, not bad. But they're from 2009. So I wonder what they were originally. They could have been more. They could have been less. I know. That's what I was... I, I can't tell whether <laughs> which one is true. How much is a current pair of Andrew Kirkwood shoes? Nicholas Kirkwood? Or Nicholas Kirkwood. Let's see. Because I would imagine... I also thought it was weird. I never would have thought of Kelly as a shoe person. For her to be like, oh, I love shoes. Like, I'm not going to cry over shoes. And they were all, oh, of course we got our shoes. He's just a shoe freak. I'm like, I, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Okay. So he makes those, like, booties that have the pearls embedded in the heel. Uh-huh. And a booty pair of those with the pearls in the heel right now is on sale at Saks for almost $1,200. So probably back about the same back then. Yeah. Fascinating. He still works a lot with goat hair. He's got these like goat hair covered heels. My internet is being awful. Okay. No, those are you. Now, someone actually must have paid for the shoes because they didn't really even say the name. Or they worked connections and got them as a gift. Like a... Yeah. Which... She might know that designer. They might carry that designer at People's. Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, that's what they are. So then they bring out the cake. And oh, I know. I think if they carry the designer at People's, she would have said the name. That's true. But you did see the box. That's how I saw who it was. But, I mean, you know Kelly. It would have been, oh my gosh, it's Nicola. Da, 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 da. I mean, she would have made it known that they were getting a free commercial. That's true. Fashion GPS. exactly (laughs) so then they wheel out the cake and it has 44 candles on it which is hilarious it looked like a bonfire being pushed in kelly's (laughs) face and the cake says congratulations mr and mrs Muckamel." bullshit bullshit wedding cakes don't even say anything and you can't tell me that a bakery in manhattan hasn't made a cake for a courthouse wedding before or something like cakes don't have to say something and I don't, I don't like that up until now, other than the inconsistency errors, I feel like this show has been basically not overproduced. Right. This is super overproduced. They were, I, it was like the Benny Hill, da 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 wacky. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, come on, give me a break. Yeah. I think the, the last few episodes felt very pieced together. Yeah. So, but then we end this series with a confessional of Kelly saying that she feels really grateful for all these people reflecting on her party and she starts to cry again and she says, I'm breaking my own rule, I'm crying, so I should go outside. Which I thought was really cute and a great way to end it. It was a great way to end it. And that's it. Kel on Earth. It is. So any, what are final thoughts? Any full season? I actually think they could have done a second season if they'd focused just on like the drama of the office and yeah. like producing things, I think people would have kept watching that. I liked it. I mean, I, I agree. But do you think that because even in just the short eight episodes, we had so many major cast shifts. That was probably part of the problem. That, that I mean, the people are just bouncing in and out so much that it's hard to have a consistent show. I think the other part of the problem is that they do nothing but sit in the office. Yeah. Like, if we got to see Kelly meeting with clients or actually producing some of this stuff more, it would have done better. You know, like, the Fashion Week episode, the very first few episodes were great. Her making this video was much more entertaining. Sitting in the office talking about, like, printer paper and labels, not so much. Yeah. So, I don't know. And she gets very 
preachy in certain moments about being a single mom, about the recession, about running her own business, which is all true and fair, but it's not great TV. Correct. So I still love it. You know, if I ever see it on Bravo as I'm flipping channels, I know I'll watch it again. Oh, of course. And, but I, I do think, having watched it the first time, I remember being crushed that it wasn't coming back. Me too. But now, having rewatched it, like the last two episodes, it was kind of like, ooh, what is else to see? Right. And to be fair, reality TV is a lot more dramatic than it used to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and there are a few shows from this Bravo era that I think hold up to today but like bravo shows are wild now like kelly can't keep up with vanderpump rules or no yeah you know who i think could come close and i wish it were one season but i think they lasted for three was workout workout had wasn't it to la to new york yeah new york was terrible the la ones were good agreed but i think there were weren't there i thought there were two la to new york i thought there were three la were there maybe yeah new but york like was really bad LA was dramatic and like they had wild parties and like one time they threw a party at the boss's house when she wasn't there and then she started sleeping with one of her employees. Like there was some good drama there. Yeah, that was good. Um, But I don't think Kelly could do that. And to be, maybe Kelly's the one who pulled the plug on it. Very possible. Like maybe she was too busy to be on TV and do her job well. That's possible too. And she may have gotten, I mean, as much as she got press for some of her clients... She also, you know, I mean, if I was a, a fashion house, I would definitely think twice about working with her. Because I'm like, what if I look like an asshole on her TV show? Right. So maybe that was starting to play into it, too. Maybe more people were like, oh, we don't want to work with you. Like, we, what if you talk shit about us on TV? Yeah, that could be, too. I mean, she lost Chado at the very beginning of the season. Other clients, I think, were represented well. Um, I don't know that she had big problems with anybody else, but that could be part of it. You know, no one wants to... Well, and all the people at the end. Like, who you owe me money, call this person. I mean, I know she didn't say specific names, but, like... That's true. That could be you. Well, and nobody, like... You don't want how you're behaving before your Fashion Week fashion show on TV. No. That's, like, the worst day of your whole existence. Yeah, no, uh uh-uh. Like, no one can remain calm and do those things, so that's probably true, too. But I'm kind of sad that there isn't a show like it. You know, like a fashion PR show could be pretty fun. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we just had the hills still, so it was fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So next up. Uh, We are going to start diving into the Princes of Malibu and we will have completely come full hills circle until we start hills two. I know. I wonder how we're going to do that. Whether we'll do like a third one hit series while watching the hills is, I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. No, we're just going to do the hills and then we'll go back to this. All right, fine. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about princes of Malibu other than Brody and Spencer, right? Oh, and I haven't watched it since it literally aired on TV. Okay, good. I'm going in stone cold. I know nothing. Yeah. It's cute. It's good. There's hijinks. Oh boy. I imagine it almost like jackass. Like, I feel like they're going to do dumb young boy, like, hijinksy things. Uh, yeah, 100%. It's just going to be them, like, spending David Foster's money, isn't it? And torturing David Foster. So that's kind of fun. Right. Like, okay. Like, you kids get off my lawn! Like, yeah. that kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm ready for it when you are. All right. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. 
You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>